episode two. Welcome to the second episode of the Personal Dating Assistance Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Violet, aka The Ramblin' Gambler. So if you listened to my first episode, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. But for those that didn't, I'm going to explain exactly what it is Personal Dating Assistance is. So personaldatingassistance.com is a website designed to help people with their online dating experience. Online dating is more popular now than it's ever been, ever. Therefore, there's no better time than now to want to have that edge over the competition. According to a 2019 study conducted by sociologist Michael Rosenfeld out of Stanford University and Ruben Thomas out of the University of New Mexico, approximately 39% of couples that got together in 2017 met from a dating website. Nearly two out of every five. That's a lot. 40%. Nowadays, there's no longer a stigma about meeting your partner online. Now, as far as us, what exactly is, what is it that personal dating assistants do? What we do is we get you dates. We're the ones that we get you dates. We take over your online dating profile. Your monthly subscription will include services such as offering consultation, as well as an option to create a brand new online dating profile that will bring out your best qualities in addition to messaging on your behalf and earning you phone numbers and even photographer referrals if need be. We're here to help find dates for the person uh, that has those 100-hour work weeks that just doesn't really have time to send out all those incessant messages or for the one who doesn't really have a grasp on what works best for finding a date. They're clueless. They don't know. They're, they're still sending, excuse my language, they're still sending dick pics. Don't be that person. This podcast will feature a different analysis each week taken from actual online conversations from the archives of members who have signed up for our service. Of course, for the sake of privacy, their real names will never be revealed, so I'll be switching everything to Tom and to Julia. In this podcast, I will be discussing strategy on how to, one, open a conversation, two, how to keep them hooked, three, how to avoid the mistakes that other people make, and four, how to close the conversation and earn yourself a phone number. All this will be based on a bunch of different factors, such as momentum of the conversation itself, uh, the type of person you're chatting with, the time of day, etc. So let's get right into it. This week's analysis is taken from Tom out of Chicago, who is messaging Julia, and they're chatting on Tinder. So the first order of business before sending a message out on Tinder is to carefully look at your match's profile and your match's photos. In this case, I decided it was best to message her something that had to do with the writing in her profile. Why? Reason being was that this girl was a perfect 10 when it came to her looks. And my guess is that everyone was blown away by what she looked like and they'd be inclined to compliment her on her blue eyes or her perfect teeth. So we don't want to be like everybody else. We don't want to do what they do. So this is her profile. Colorado native, unapologetically spoiled, wifey material, adrenaline junkie, a lawyer in the making, extreme sports or anything outdoors. I write poetry, cook, and pray every day. 
I fuck passionately. I travel often. I love my family. I'm a daughter of Oshun. I actually had to look this one up. Apparently Oshun is a, a spirit, a deity, or goddess that reflects one of the manifestations of God in the Yoruba religion. Uh, and the last thing in her profile was, why y'all made God male? Okay, so before even doing any messaging, we've learned we've learned that some might consider this girl to be the total package. You know, she loves family, being outside, hard worker, uh, well-cultured, and is a bit of a daredevil. However, when I see wifey material in a profile, this is something to take note of. Whenever someone has this in their profile, I like to put them in their own category. What's the name of this category? I don't really know. I don't have one. But what I do know is that this person often has a rough exterior. They're resilient, almost to a fault. And I feel like sometimes they have an issue trusting people. So we're going to have to be careful, tread lightly, and move things very slowly. You know, these people, these wifey material people, they're, they're independent. They don't need anyone. And the conversation might be a bit of work. But once you're able to pierce through, you know, they wear their heart on their sleeve. They're actually quite a sweetheart. Wifey material is a way of saying or screaming, I'm the shit. I know it. I'm great. I'm perfect. It takes a real man to handle me. And I won't settle for anything less. It seems like a bit of overcompensation, kind of like the guy who drives the Hummer. Sorry, Hummer drivers, but do you see George Clooney driving one? No, he doesn't need to. He's just the man, and he knows it. But are these wifey material people, are they really that great? Well, this particular girl and that list of things in her profile seems to hint that yes, but... It is only through some messaging what we will find out. You know, she sounds like a handful. But my client was up for the task he wanted me to pursue. So I went ahead and I sent the first message. Ghetto spiritual? Question mark. Let's talk about this. So it was either this or why y'all made God male? Uh... I feel like that might be a little bit delicate of a topic, um, especially for the beginning of a conversation. And if you remember from my first episode, I like to avoid delicate topics, especially in the very beginning of conversations on online dating sites. It, it's so much could go wrong. Um, also, too, we don't want to make it seem like we're the type to antagonize or troll Ha, okay, let's, she says. Well, what is it? Does it have anything to do with living in a rough Italian neighborhood, a.k.a. the Spaghetto? This might be one of the best follow-ups I have ever sent as an opening message, ever. Can I take credit for creating the joke off the top of my head? Well, I once heard a different version of that joke years ago from some comic. I had a uh, top 100 one-liners of all time. I got a book for my birthday, and that's I found it in there. But still, can I can I get some credit for executing it with such precision? Laughter is always the best medicine. I always think that self-deprecating humor 
actually any humor is, is, is perfect in profiles and conversation if used in moderation. Balance, remember? What I did is I decided to set her up and let her throw me a softball. I knew she, she wouldn't get into explaining what she meant right away. Instead, my opener implied that I had some things to say, whether it be correct or incorrect, and needed answers. H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A, she laughs. She laughed. It's perfect. And now you as a listener, you know, what do you think we should do next? A, try to make her laugh again. B, compliment her on her photos or her profile. C, ask if getting a laugh earned us a phone number. Or D, introduce ourselves politely. If you select today, you are correct. I think this is the best move here. We went with A. We wanted to release more of those endorphins. But after that, we got to cool it with the jokes for a little bit. Also, once you become a lawyer, in, your, in, in, in addition to your ability to cook, is it safe to say you'll be a sous chef? Question mark. Julia, forgive me. Your profile is giving me so much ammo to make these jokes here. I'll put the rest on hold. How's it going? Okay, okay. So two very corny jokes back to back, I said. But then we reassured her that we know when to stop and that she's not getting messaged by Seinfeld. We have a serious side too. Sounds like your neighborhood had the sauce, she said. Too much sauce, I reply. Ah, uh, yes, a reference by, I think it's, his first name is Nivadius, Nivadius de Moon Wilburn, the artist known as Future, for all you hip-hop aficionados. I wanted to see if, in addition to this whole jack-of-all-trades lifestyle that she proclaims to having, I wanted to see if she knows hip-hop. So I went with too much sauce. Ha, things are going well. I'm just doing my own taxes, she says. Free Tax USA is free and it's super easy to use. It gives a step-by-step and everything. Besides, you don't have some accountant friend you can try to sweet talk. That's what I wrote. Surprise, she's doing her own taxes. There's that whole independence thing I had a feeling of. There's the wifey material. Even if my client was an accountant, which is not, but even if he was, it would be a bad idea to offer to help her, to do them for her. It'd not be a good idea to give any hints that we're here to rescue her. She's off doing her own thing in life, and that's okay. You know, it's best to find a way to complement that lifestyle, and the rest will take care of itself. So after my accountant, uh, after, so you don't have some accountant friend you could try to sweet talk? Ha, I do, but... But, but I'd rather do it myself, so we talk myself. Somebody's gotta, I say. I'm a daddy's girl. Well, hey, I won't interrupt. I refuse to be the reason why you get audited. So I say we text a bit later on. What's your number? So I take a shot. Looking back, this attempt for a phone number came a bit sooner than we usually, than I usually think we should. Um, I was testing the waters. I, I didn't think she would say yes, but I didn't think it would scare her off either, as if we were moving super, super quick. However, she was busy. She was busy with something super important, and I wanted to be polite. The suggestion was a way to help her out, yet still getting what we wanted out of it, you know, the phone number. 
people helping people, mutualism, you know? It's like, uh, it's like the relationship between the goby fish and the shrimp. The shrimp, digs a, the shrimp digs a burrow into the sand, and you know, both organisms get to live here. But because the shrimp is almost blind, the goby fish will touch the shrimp when the predator is near. So it's like the same thing. My, my voice changes when I'm on the phone with my dad, she says. And I guess this was just some millennial humor she tried to use. A deadpan one-liner. I read it picturing Tina. How you know? I, I, pictured it, I pictured Tina saying it from Bob's Burgers. My voice changes when I'm on the phone with my dad. Also, how strange. This is the second time she mentioned her father within minutes. So it might be a good idea to ask about her dad down the road. Maybe on a date. Um, sounds like he might be a big part of her life. Um, a whole octave higher, or Tom, you can't just have my phone number. I don't know anything about you other than the ghetto Italian neighborhood. She replies, "What? You know nine things about me from my profile. Imagine if they were all lies." But you're right. What I should have done is ask for your email address. But since I didn't, here's a few things you should know about me before I go make some food. Some friendly banter here, uh, making a great point um, that I stated a bunch of facts about the client in the profile. I don't like pizza, by the way. Am I disqualified? She said. Now, this will be in, this will come into play shortly. I then wrote, I used to do a lot of DJing back when I was in college in Connecticut. He went to Yale, by the way, and that said that in his Tinder profile, but I was trying to be nonchalant. When I was in college in Connecticut, I drifted away from that lifestyle a bit as I moved here to Chicago. Nowadays, I find myself doing yoga, staring at art, and ghosting people who don't like pizza. Oh no, what did I just? Oh no, what did I just write? So this was, so this pair of messages was it was a move. And in the midst of me sharing a little bit about his history and his hobbies, I noticed that she didn't like pizza. She wrote that, so naturally, I decided to poke fun a little bit and make an attempt to get some momentum for Tom. And I had to type it as fast as I could to make it seem like it was a coincidence. You know, it was like when you, if you see your ex at the bar, she doesn't see you, and then you accidentally bump into her. Tara, what, what are you doing here? I wanted to get in the driver's seat. Uh, she seems to have a dominant personality, so this should be handled carefully. We don't want to butt heads, yet we want a shift in the momentum. We want to pull the rug out without her, out her even knowing. So I make it seem like we're also a take-a-no-shit kind of person, kind of like she is, you know, a bond. I, I refuse to accept, to, to, I refuse to be affiliated with anybody who, who doesn't like pizza, you know, that type of thing. Ha, 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 are you going to ghost me, she says. You see that? She was kidding. But now it might be in her subconscious a little bit. Now she's no longer in the alpha She's no longer the alpha in the conversation. Uh, I can't ghost a person. I didn't text, you know. Here I was poking fun at two things. One, her wall being up. And two, my failed attempt at getting her phone number. Where do you go to do yoga? She writes. Well, I gotta run. Gotta eat. But I thoroughly enjoyed chatting and I hope we could do it again later on, smiley face. Another move. I pulled the rug from under her just a bit more. I showed that my client thought, you know, she was or is a, a breath of fresh air. Um, but we didn't put her on a pedestal. 
We can't answer to every beck and call just like everybody else does. Listeners, what do you think? Would you have answered her question about yoga before you left? Would you would you even find the courage to end the conversation when it was going so well? Change the topic? What would you do? Uh, let me know in your emails. Hours later, I write, it's me again. I do yoga at East Bank Club about four or five times a week. You practice too? So she hadn't responded after my previous message about me going to go eat and would love to chat later. Um, it could have been because, you know, it was a temper tantrum that we didn't answer her or too much pride for her to admit that she was enjoying the conversation too or because of the taxes. Either way, I knew she'd be responding. I used to do yoga at East Bank Club, exclamation point. How did we not run into each other? She replies, you're kidding. Why did you stop? I say. My membership ended. I'm going through some tense life changes. Shifted my focus a bit. Whoa. Intense changes. So who are we to assume what's happened to her lately? So all we could do is ask. You know, not ask what the changes are. Because she might not be so inclined to share. Instead, it might be best to ask if she wants to talk about it. If someone doesn't, it is best to be okay with it. Do not write, oh, come on. Yeah, don't do that. Don't try to pressure into anything. Who knows, it could be super serious, these life changes, and not everybody is a chatterbox like the Grambling Gambler. Do you want to talk about it to a total stranger, I say? Eh, not so much, ha, huh? which seemed like a nervous laugh. Well, for what it's worth, I'm sending you some positive vibes, I write. I mean, the real kind, not those hipsters talk about. That's too funny. In my last podcast episode, or the first one, I mentioned how much I hated that saying. But I guess I've been guilty of using this saying as much as Jared Leto and Johnny Depp's out there. All along, this, t- this, this conversation was taken from February, and I guess I'm just a sellout. Oh, thank you, she writes with a smiley face. I appreciate that. FR. FR, um, that must mean for real. I hope not for reals with six Zs. Very welcome. I'm off to bed soon, but I'd love to chat tomorrow. What do you think? Yeah, I'd love that, smiley face. And I said, it could be on here. Night, Julia. So I ended it there. Again, for the second time, I ended it. In this case, we had a couple options. One, we could have asked for her phone number again. This could have worked. We could have gotten it. Or she could have denied it for a second time. And the tables totally would have turned. She would have gotten the momentum back. And as a heartbreaker and a man-eater that we perceive her as being, that wouldn't be ideal. Second option is to play it safe. We could keep the wonderful conversation going on here. We'd only been talking for about a day, and the conversation was still full of life. I couldn't imagine her ghosting or unmatching us for for no reason, especially after, yeah, I'd love that with a smiley face. Guys, you know me. You know I love the gamble, but, you know, why take an unnecessary risk? No need. The next day, I opened with, if you could sit down to dinner with any three people, not including family, who would they be? Um, This was a thought-provoking question, I'd like to think, and it's a little bit better, more of a thinker than how's it going or what are you up to? That's boring. Blah. 
I sent this message as if we didn't skip a beat, just to continue the conversation from last night. I wasn't like, hey, hello, it's me again. No, you don't do that. She comes back with me and two homeless people. What about you? Okay, me and two homeless people. That's like the person who wins the award and is like, I want to thank God, my mom, dad, my limbless little brother with cancer who went to my every single one of my games. You know, it's like they're trying to steal America's heart. So like it's implied we'd compliment her and say, oh, you're so sweet. What a good heart you have. And that's what we should write, right? No, we shouldn't. So I decided to completely deflect and state a fact, a different fact. It's true based on her answer. She has a huge heart. But it's also true that those two homeless people would eat a shitload. Why not just message her the latter? So I say, you know they'd get their money, you know they'd get their money's worth at dinner. Ha, yeah, but who's paying for this dinner, she says. All right, so I send about four or five messages in a row, so let me read it all to you. Fitz Shoemaker, number one. Two, Kanye West. Three, Leonardo da Vinci. Do you know who any of those people are? I feel like Leo and I could talk about so much, and that's if Kanye would let me get a word in. Uh, not sure. Maybe this happens. Going back to her thing, you know, who would pay for this dinner? You walk into the Purple Pig, and you're the thousandth customer. But you have to find two homeless people that are on the same block and the three of you get to eat for free. If you can't find two homeless people within five minutes, you lose the opportunity entirely. But I'm also a spy bar kind of guy. What's a guy got to do to meet you there for a date? So that was all me. So I answered the same question I asked her. And I give her a selection of three people who cover a wide range of expertise, one she might not know, one she definitely knows, and one who I hope she knows. This way, it's an opportunity to possibly teach her down the road um, two of those people and uh, what they were known for. The Kanye selection, I mean, it shows that my client is up to date and is human. I mean, everyone who's everyone knows Kanye West, even my grandmother. I should point out, too, that these answers weren't just picked out of thin air. They came for our initial personality deep dive my client and I had. So the deep dive is a getting-to-know-you-style phone chat where I conduct an interview and learn more about who he is and what he's looking for. All members who sign up for personal dating assistance service get this included with their membership. One of the things I asked him was to think of some people he'd love to sit down with. Now... The Purple Pig is an upscale Mediterranean restaurant in Chicago where my client happens to love. What I wrote was supposed to do two things. One, help her paint a picture. Girls love that. Women love that. No, I didn't use any imagery or anything, but there was still a picture to be painted. What I wanted her to do was to use her imagination. And two, help her realize that my client knows about and appreciates the finer things in life, such as a nice restaurant. The purple pig isn't cheap by any means. <laughs> it's not. And this was a test to see if she even knows what that is. As for the blurb about at the end about the spy bar, this was to show his range as well. A spy bar is a totally different type of experience based on what he had told me. Me that spy bar? Question mark. What? Why there? She says, 
shit. So looks like she wasn't feeling it. Uh, I looked it up quickly after she responded, and it turns out it's some type of rave bar, something like that. So I had to think fast. I could either try to play it off and be slick or try to persuade her that it's a really good time. The second choice might not be best in this case. She doesn't really seem like the type that's easily persuaded. So I write, I was kidding. I was just trying to see if you were paying attention. Spy bar isn't for me. Anything will do. You know what, though? I, I, anything will do. I'm just trying to go on a date with you. Let's do a yoga class, she says. Yes, let's, let's take me back to EBC. They have the best hot yoga. That was her. I can do that. What's her number? I'll shoot you a text message as soon as I get a moment to breathe at work. And then she gives it. There we have it. We got it. It took some patience, uh, adapting, and the ability to think on the fly at times. But the why y'all made God male, the, the lawyer in the making, the wifey material, that girl, yeah, she finally gave out her number. We earned it. It's, you know, it's not often you see someone request a yoga date for a first date, especially a, a woman. Um, but she did, and my client was into it. Just an update on Tom. Tom's service with personaldatingassistance.com was recently discontinued. And this is because the two of them, uh, they clicked instantly. I checked in on him recently, um, uh, maybe about three, four weeks ago. And he told me that after a short amount of time of them chatting, uh, he no longer needed me or our service. They're still dating today. And how great is that? It really is. And now, as promised, I have selected an email from one of the listeners out there who wrote in and is in need of a little bit of help. Hi, Matthew. I found your podcast the other day while I was at work. I was able to listen for a second and then ended up finishing the rest on my commute home. I loved it. I don't know if it was the smooth jazz in the background that warmed my soul, the fact that you admitted that you had some rough years like the rest of us and showed that you're human after all. Or maybe it was the amount of times I heard piggy bank. Anyway, here's my situation. I'm a 26-year-old single guy who has had some success with Tinder, but feel like I could use a little bit of help when it comes to the conversation being taken off the app and onto text. When is a good time to contact them once they give you their phone number immediately? Is the three-day rule still a thing? Thank you. Please keep making new episodes. Dave from New York. Well, Dave, thank you for writing. Here are my thoughts. Uh, first of all, the three-day rule is not a thing. I repeat, it is not a thing. I guess maybe it used to be, perhaps when Chandler and Monica were running around Central Park. But no more. It's just too tacky. Plus, you want to be able to keep the momentum going. You don't want to lose your spot in line. Tinder so fast and furious with the swiping and new photos and the new profiles, new people, new locations, and you get the picture. So you want to text her before it's too late. I like to think the best time to text is, well, it's situational. Like everything else. It depends on the time of day, how the end of the conversation went on the app. I always 
have been a fan of ending the conversation before they do um, while it's good and saying you'll get in touch the following day. Yeah, so end the conversation before they do and end it while it's good and say you'll get in touch the following day. Yes. So, of course, if we were talking at night and, you know, not in the morning, I'm not going to be like, well, I'll text you tomorrow. And it's like before noon. So by the time you listen to this, the two of you might be already, hopefully, probably texting or married or maybe not. Maybe she, maybe nothing. Maybe she's gone. Well, I hope not. But either way, for next time, as you're closing, I'd like to see you incorporate an idea of when to expect a text with a window. That way, anxiety won't be building for the two of you. She won't be thinking that you're just a collector of numbers and you won't be second-guessing yourself on your decision of when you decide to finally hit the send button. Scenario. The two of you are messaging at night, maybe around 9 or so. Before the conversation gets stale and it's nothing but small talk or it's at its peak, it's fantastic and you want, to end it on a, you want to end it on a good note. You could say something like, hey, I'm going to try to get to bed early, but you seem like a lot of fun and it's been great chatting. I would love to shoot you a text tomorrow afternoon. What's your number? And they give it, great, night, night, Julia, or whatever, whatever her name is. And then you do it the next day, the following day, in the afternoon, like you said, you do it. I don't care if you're working at a wedding, a funeral, a bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah, it doesn't matter. If you told them you were going to text in the afternoon, you find a way to do it. You lock yourself in the bathroom and you send out a text. If you really are busy at work and your boss is throwing deadlines down your throat, Write, uh, hey there, it's, it's Dave from Tinder. I'm a bit tied up at work, but I wanted to say, hey, uh, don't want you thinking I wanted your number so I could write in in a bathroom stall or something. Uh, can I give you a text or call later on tonight? Um, the message sounds long, but it, in writing, it's not that bad. So with this, you bought, you know, you bought yourself some time to think of a bit of a game plan. And with later on tonight, in quotes, being vague, you have plenty of room for error. So as long as it's not 11 p.m. But yes, it's it's so important to build credibility so early on in a relationship. The original example, you wrote tomorrow afternoon. So you do it tomorrow afternoon. You were a man of your word. And now the two of you possibly have a phone call to look forward to later on. If the two of you were messaging on Tinder and she gave the phone number, but the two of you said goodnight, do not text her that night. It's over. That's it. No more. I know you want to send a text out so badly, but you're going to need some restraint. I don't know. Sit on your hands. Put some anthrax on your phone. Do whatever it is you need to do in order to chat the next day. If the two of you are messaging on Tinder and it went something like, I say we take this conversation off of here and you want to keep it going immediately, that's good too. Open with a open the text with uh with a reference from the conversation and for, with a reference from the conversation and pick things right back up. Don't write, hey, this is Dave from Tinder. Obviously, she just gave you the number. 
you only write this is Dave from Tinder. If there was a big chunk of time since the last time you two spoke. I will say um, that once the conversation is taken off of Tinder to text, it is crucial to try to set up a date in the near future. Very important. You don't want the two of you to become pen pals for weeks on end. Yes, some people might want that if their guard is up and they want to build trust and take things slow, but I feel like a majority of people don't want to waste time. Plus, online dating can be tricky, so you got to get yourself to the date as soon as you can. Well, Dave, thanks again for writing, and I, I hope this helped. For those of you with any questions, comments, concerns, and you want the Ramblin' Gambler to help you out, please write me at m.violet at personaldatingassistance.com. That's M as in Matthew, dot V as in Victor, I as in Igloo, O as in Octopus, L as in Lilac, E as in Elephant, T as in Thomas, T as in Thomas, E as an elephant at personal dating assistance. That's A S S I S T A N T S dot com. Also, please check out our website for a full list of our services, rates, testimonials, articles, a list of our team and their bios, and much, much more. That's www.personaldatingassistance.com. Tune in next time for a brand new analysis in addition to answering another email from you guys. Thank you all very, very much for listening. Signing off, this is Matthew Violet, a.k.a. The Ramblin' Gambler. Have a great week. Bye-bye.